This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments, allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Rick Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, ladies and gents. This is Dr. Vic, and you are listening to The Mindful Experiment. In this episode, we had the delight to interview Susan Merson. She's an acclaimed author, an actress, educator, director, and producer. Now looks into a new light. It was a joy to have Susan on the show. We dove into so many different concepts. It was it was really a joy for me um, to get to know this wonderful lady and all the experiences that she had in the acting and uh, the directing and the producing side of things and then her spiritual side with tarot and all the amazing things she did. Um, what a wonderful lady. I mean, Susan is, you know, she's the former artistic director who won acclaim for navigating the 13th Street Repertory Theater out of financial ruin to once again take its places as one of the leaders of the off-off-Broadway movement. Is bringing her canon of literary works to the surface at the time when she is also sharing her spiritual acumen with the artistic community. Merson, whose Broadway foray includes... Zifarelli's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Children of a Lesser God, as well as co-creating and appearing in the original production of Vanities Off-Broadway. On the West Coast, she co-founded and served as the moderator for the Los Angeles Writers Block with writer Jane Anderson, which has supported the work of such writers as Donald Margulies, he's a Pulitzer, um, Noni White, and Bob Tuzdike, Tony Fernusis. News, newsies. <laughs> Irene, Meshi, Lion King, Janet, Fitch, White Ole, Oleanders, and the countless others. Currently, uh, Susan's visibility as an author is picking up speed with the publication of Dreaming by Daylight and a novel currently available on Amazon. 
What people, many don't know is that she is also an intuitive counselor. She started doing tarot in the early 70s after taking a course at the Theosophical Society here in New York City. Uh, since that time, she has continued her study with master's teacher Rachel Pollack, Mary Greer, Ellen Goldberg, as well as online study of several intuitive teachers such as Lena Rodriguez and Linda G. She also has worked with the healer and intuitive Kadia Matara for many years and has re- recently decided to read publicly as well for her friends. She specializes in working with artist, art, artists on creative work, often helping to discover source of blocks and character arcs for many writers and their projects. She believes that the cards can be an important intuitive tool for anyone interested in connecting to the nonverbal, visual, and symbolic cues that the cards offer. This is really a joy for me to have Susan on the show, and I know you'll have a joy listening to her story and all the stuff that she shares, her wisdom, and so much more. So with no further ado, here is Susan Merson. So Susan, I'm excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I was uh, doing some research on you, reading all the stuff that you've done and, and so forth as a former artistic director. You won some uh, wonderful accolades and all those wonderful things. Uh, very, very awesome. To uh, And congratulations on all the work that you have done. Um, I know you're doing, you, there was a, we, as I was looking through some of the stuff, some things that caught my interest, as always, is like, you know, you're shifting to how does someone get into like tarot and 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 that that side of the work and that type of stuff because I always find I always believe and, and in chiropractic we always say chiropractic you didn't go to you didn't choose chiropractic chiropractic chose you and <laughs> and I find that to be true in a lot of professions um, I always Absolutely. believe something like there's like a calling or a burning desire um, what kind of like that got you interested or pushed your kind of universe nudged you into a way of being open or interested in tarot, especially in the early seventies. Sure. Well, the early seventies was, you know, the land of hippies, but um, I, I'm an, <laughs> I'm an artist. I'm a, I'm a theater person. Um, and I started my training as an actress very, very young when I was really seven or eight years old and has been working all that time. And so by the time the seventies came and I was in my twenties, I um, was ready to, uh, I already had a grounding in more than one, way to look at the world, right? The artist training is to clear away all the debris and allow a character or an inspiration to come through you. It's not an egocentered, uh, art is not an egocentered um, practice. It's a discipline. It's a, um, it's a, uh, you know, you, you, you're, in, you're, you're allowing things to come through you. So um, at that time, uh, I was wandering around New York City, like everybody else. And um, I went past the Theosophical Society, and then I'd always been very interested in Madame Blavatsky and thought I could be her in a solo performance play or something. And I um, thought that they were having a tarot class. And I grabbed my best friend at the time, and we sat down, and we took our very first class in the Theosophical Society and began to learn um, how these um, cards, these symbols, these pictures had a, a different kind of resonance. And as the years went by, the resonance of the of the symbols and the photographs and the pictures all grew with my own understanding of the world. Uh, so that's how I got into it. I got into it really just out of curiosity. And um, the more I grew as an artist, the more I realized there were other ways to access our our existence, our reality. And it's not just... Um, two-dimensional that's for sure <laughs> i love it and i love how you said that this is what the you know art doesn't have any ego to it you know it's it's i think it's impossible i mean we could you can make anything out of anything but like like turn something into that way but it, it really when you get into the art process it, it's impossible to be egotistical or left brain well, dominant Absolutely. It's not about us as artists. It's about the fact that we've been asked to clear the decks and let things come through us. And um, so when somebody says, you know, there's something very different between being an artist and being a celebrity, of course, you know, you're, you're, you're asked, it's a spiritual discipline. Uh, Franz Kafka said all art is a form of prayer. And uh, I learned that one early on. And it's really very true. You have to be humble. You have to be quiet. You have to be silent. You have to do intentional listening, get out of the way um, and allow spirit to come through you we would say in the spiritual community allow spirit to come through you in the acting community it's just shut up get out of the way of the character um 
And it's all the same stuff. You know, that's what I think is so interesting. And certainly at this time of my life, the way in which this is all coming together, um, my artistic work and my spiritual work, uh, it's all the same thing, especially now, uh, especially now. And I love how you, you, you bring that up because it's, you, you saw through you know, being a novelist, an artist, a writing coach, and everything that you do, it's, you're, I love how you just say, it's all the same stuff. There's really no difference. Yeah, left brain labeling, totally different world. But in, yeah. and the right brain side, no, it's all the same process, same stuff, same thing. Yes, I was laughing the other day. I was listening to something, and some, uh, forgive me, some male-oriented fellow was doing <laughs> a program on creativity, and he was having... He was interviewing all these scientists about being creative and they were all talking about statistics and how alcoholism is 20% and this and that. And I had to just, it was the first time I really wanted to get on the telephone and talk to someone and say, boys, boys, you're missing it here. Um, it's not about a linear construct. It's about something larger. And uh, if you just calm down and get out of your head, um, there's lots of tools uh, that will allow us to navigate the time that we have on the planet. So true. So true. I love yeah. that. And, mm-hmm. and, and with like the arts and, and, and what you were talking about earlier, how we said it couldn't be, you know, you said it, 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 ego can't get involved. I mean, it's all about the other, it's, it's serving others, sharing others. Like if you're in a play or doing a show or something, or even a movie, you, you, you're thinking, you have to think of the character, let yourself go. You got to let go of the ego and what you are and just be a, that part and, and, and kind of serving another person in a sense, sharing to the, the audience and that kind of thing. Right. But if you're really real and truly true and you are, let's say, egoless, you're still part of a larger identity if you believe it, depending on where you are, is that we're all, you know, a spark of the divine, which I hate to tell you, but that's the way it is. Um, <laughs> then, then you have to recognize that you may not be the prettiest girl at Studio 54. I'm dating myself, but you're still part of the larger, you're still part of the larger God force. So it's not a question of, whether your dress is prettiest, it doesn't make any difference. Your spirit is still part of the larger spirit. And we come in individually as souls to figure out, you know, to, to, to accomplish something. Maybe it's a karmic choice, maybe, you know, whatever it is. Um, again, depending on your own beliefs. Uh, but I believe we come in because of some kind of soul contract. And we end up at particular times in our lives, especially trying to figure out what the heck is this supposed to mean? How am I supposed to get through this? And that's where I find um, not only journaling and some of the more intellectual things, but I do find that tarot can be very helpful in, in picking up some of the resonant questions that we have and allowing us to explore it with ritual and with um, uh, symbol and mythic um, uh, stories and all that stuff that uh, has been placed in the world so that we can figure stuff out so we can move along, you know? I love that. And real quick, just to address, do you believe that there's a misconception when it comes to tarot cards? Do you think that people just think it's woo-woo stuff or a gypsy from somewhere? Um, do, do you still see that at all? Because I know uh, growing up in the society I grew up in, they would shun upon those type of things. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. My mother, God bless her, she's on the other side, but she's still worried about the fact that I'm a little odd. You know, but of course, of course, people people get scared about it. And it's silly. It's um I'm all about demystifying all of that. I think in the, you know, when tarot was more under the under the radar, um, you know, it was the gypsies, God bless them, the Romani folks that have these storefronts. And of course, you know, you go in and they say, oh, my God, you're cursed. And if you come back and give me a hundred dollars tomorrow, I'll fix it. That's not what tarot is. That's that's something else. Um, tarot is a is a system that's been developed over <laughs> over many years that gives us clues into what we're feeling, thinking, breathing, and how we're existing. And it's not um, magical; it's um, very real. Um, I once attended uh, years ago. I once attended a reading with um, the guy who wrote. Um, Oh gosh, my brain. Uh, Joseph Campbell, mm. uh, the guy who wrote the you know 
myths and all of that stuff. And somebody asked him, oh, gosh, Mr. Campbell, do you believe in astrology and tarot? And he said, oh, no, of course not. But I'll be goddamned if it doesn't work all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, oh, yeah, right. Okay, I get it. Um, so that's anyway, um, I hope I'm making some sense on that. I, I, um, I do believe that people get afraid of it. They think that, um, you have to, it's somehow special and it's, you know, uh, woo woo and all of that. Nah, it's just normal. It's just, it's just regular because we're, we've got more senses operating right now than we had, um, Previously, you know, our planet is evolving and from a scientific point of view, not a woo point of view, but a scientific um, uh, point of view, quantum physics is showing us that the universe is expanding and the way in which we exist in the universe is changing. We're no longer a, a, a species that only has five senses operating. We, everybody everybody's got more than five senses going on. We're a multi-sensory beings. Um, and uh, I think part of the work for folks like me and people who, you know, sort of have lived and dabbled and lived in this world for many years, our job is to sort of spread the word about that and say, hey, you've got more than, you know, more than a straight line to deal with here. And um, you've got lots of opportunities to grow and become more fully yourself. So uh, that fascinates me, and that's I think that's important work, and 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 that's the work that I've done for years. First as an actress, then as a writer, then as a teacher, and now um, as a um, coming out of the closet <laughs> as a narrow person as well. <laughs> I love it, and I, and mm-hmm. it's and it's so true that the universe is expanding. And what's interesting is about that, and I find fascinating is that the the expansion rate of how much the human species and the planet is expanding. Everything mm-hmm. expands. We're expanding with like, it's, if you, if we like kind of looked at how fast is the universe expanding and then we look at how fast is, are we expanding? It's, 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 it's identical. It's the same. The Absolutely. Same. Absolutely. But you know, again, forgive me, forgive me, but the old male paradigm, the old male paradigm is going away, you know, and oh, yeah. it's a linear, a linear period period. That's a <laughs> linear paradigm. And as the, um, you know, the Me Too movement, there's no mistake that there's more women in Congress. There's no mistake that, you know, the feminine is becoming more uh, part of the mainstream once again. Um, and that that's multidimensional. That's not yes. linear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that helps everybody, even, you know, our dear, dear, confused president. Um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 he's fighting it. They're so fighting it so hard. Oh, my God. These guys are just, you know. I will not, I will not give it up, you know, and, and look what's happening. We're crushing and crumbling our society, but it's all coming apart, but it'll all come back together. Um, that's, that's so true. And it's kind of like, you know, I think, yeah. I think, I think of it like, the, like a mosaic, right? You got to break the pieces down, but then you put the pieces back together and you get something that's more, um, I don't want to say oh, profound. That's the best of, 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 I can't figure out a better term than that right now, but it's, it's one yeah. of those things where you put it back or there's like a story of like a, an old clay bowl and they, they had a competition and what ended up happening was, is um, the, the King who chose the one that won the, the, the best bowl clay bowl that was created. Then when they were going about to give it to him, he, they dropped it and it broke. And yeah. they were like, what happened there? All this stuff. And then someone said, you know, let me, let me, I, I can put this together. And they took gold into the cracks and be so they can, when the gold sealed, they would seal everything together. And then when they finished it, the bowl was actually a lot more beautiful than the uh-huh. original form. Yeah. And I, I use that as a great anal- a story because it's like sometimes things that have to go that route because we're changing, we're stirring things up to get, put it back together and be even better. Right. But you know, it, and you know, it, it, it's volitional. That's why it's important now that those of us who kind of get all this and aren't freaked out by it, um, speak out because it's volitional. You can't, you have to say yes. Mm-hmm. all of who you are we need it it's not a joke it's not uh, marginal um it has to do with how we work in the world 
you know, we can't operate on a straight line anymore as a society in relationships. I mean, look at everything that's going on, gender fluidity and binary and this and that. And, you know, I'm a, a different generation, so I um, admit my ignorance in terms of, you know, terminology. But it's a, it's a different kind of flow that is here. It's not, you know, way out or far out. It's here. So just ease on down the road, open the door, don't worry, um, and allow yourself to be more. And um, that's what the arts and that's what being a practicing artist has always allowed somebody to do. And, um, you know, we, and, and certainly working in spiritual disciplines does that as well. You don't need permission to be a full person. You need um, silence to understand that you're bigger than what you think you are. So true. So true in so many ways. And uh, I always, you know, one thing that always gets me, I see, you know, and, and I know as a woman, I'll, I'll share it this way. And you'll, you'll appreciate what I'm saying here uh, at the end when I get to the end part. Because, um, you know, there's all about women want to have equality, right? They want to be treated the same. And I always look mm-hmm. at that from a neurological standpoint and say, no, you don't. You don't want to be treated the same because here's why. Women are more <laughs> advanced from a brain level than men are. Mm-hmm. So they don't, mm-hmm. you don't, why would you degrade, devolve yourself to go to that <laughs> level? I mean, does it make sense? I mean, it's, it's one of those, like, cause women are more like when you look at the brain and how it all neural connectiveness is and everything, uh, women mm-hmm. have, are, women are more uh, advanced, unfortunately. And guys don't like to hear that. And I'm always like, it's the truth. You can't, you can argue all you want, but here's the facts. You know, you can't argue the yeah. facts. And so it's one, that's why women can take on more. They can do more. They're more intuitive. They're more centered in some ways and, and so much more. Multitasking. Multitasking is me. Um, you know, that's what motherhood <laughs> is about. But, but it, it's not even a question of who's smarter or who's better or who's better wired or any of that stuff because we're all on our own path and we're all at different places, right? Yes, you know, so totally. some, some guys are, at, you know, it's at the first step and other people are at the 12th step or you know you should, we know a lot of people with 12 steps um <laughs> etc and so it's not a question of that so much right it's a question mm-hmm. of well oh okay this is where i am and oh look that's where you are oh aren't we at the same place in some ways well yes we are um so i think that you know we are one man we are one uh, in in this beautiful, diverse, um, diverse culture that we live in. Oh my God, it's so great to see different flavors and everyone feeling um, that they have a voice in in our society. And all of this terrible political stuff is really allowing and teaching us um, what, what's what's really important, what's really real and truly true. And uh, if we can just stay out of panic, you know, stay connected. To what we really know to be true, um, we I think we're going to be just fine. But it true. takes some work, and um, and uh, you know, and answers change, things change. The only thing I remember, oh God, my first heartbreak. I remember reading Suzuki Roshi's book um, about Zen, and I remember putting a, a major red line under the horrible truth that only thing you can count on is change, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and getting comfortable with that, getting comfortable with the mobility of our, um, the mobility of our souls, you know, the mobility of our compassion, the mobility of our um, ability to uh, understand each other, you know, and what really is language, what really is, how do we really speak to each other? One of the things that I, one of my great quotes that I love to use in my teaching and Uh, is people are like poetry. They happen between the lines. And I think that um, that's true of our work now, you know, either in tarot or anything we do. Um, You know, you'll see all these uh, corporate training uh, things or some marketing, you know, I'm going to teach you how to be the great corporate trainer or the great marketer or whatever. And, And what they forget is they forget the silent parts. They forget the parts that don't have words. And um, when you're an actor and when you're a writer, you know that the part where you're not talking is the most important part. <laughs> that's where the, that's the place, you know, um, because we get out of the noise, you know, and we get out of the noise. 
it's funny uh, how you anyway. It's funny how you bring that up because in public speaking, um, they uh, in the training that I've done, it always talks about the pause is one of the most powerful things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but the pause is just listening. That's true. all it is. Yeah. You know, it's like if, if you know, they can tell you, okay, take a pause here. Well, what are you doing in pause? You always have to be active, right? Well, what you're doing is you're actively listening. Yeah. So, so what we're saying is let's be active listeners. Calm down. Listen more. You know, if you one of the things I think is so interesting in our society, and you can tell I, I'm a real cranky old person. But <laughs> when, when the kids get on, you know, when you're talking to like the Sprint guys or the guys, you know, the, the, the people on the telephone who have these terrible scripts they need to read. Um, and, you, and you say, you ask them one question, you know, like, what is my bank balance? And they say, well, according to that, and they go on for like 25 minutes. And I have often said to them, okay, stop talking, (laughs) listen to my question, and see if you can respond in one word. You know, they get very upset with me, of course, and send me over to the the manager as a cranky old person. But um, I do think it's important that in our society, we get back to figuring out how to listen. And you listen with your eyes sometimes. And, and that's also a new challenge for us because we don't often, as you and I are not looking in each other's eyes, we're only talking on media. Um, we miss out because we miss out. on. We have to figure out what the clues are, that we don't have the opportunity to really feel each other's energy in the room or see what you know, where your eyes are flicking and where you're bored and where you're not and all that stuff, which is, um, which is to the detriment in our society. I think that's somehow how we kind of gotten off track a little bit is because media does not allow us to, um, to really interact fully. We have to interact with an actor's as if, you know, the idea that, oh, if I were in the same room with that person, I would know this, this, and this. So I'm just going to assume this, this, and this. So I grew up in the area in the, in the time when you only talked to people when you saw them. You didn't see them on telephones or Skype or any of that stuff. You had to go in and talk to somebody, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and see how the world has changed? You can't even get a job now. You can't go into a place and apply for a job. It's only on a piece of paper. What is that? No, you're fine. You're, you're bringing up really great points. Cause like, like I was in, my next question was just going to be how much do you think social media has played as a huge part to disconnect us more than connecting mm-hmm. with people? Well, I don't think like anything else, you know, I, I do think social media and all this stuff is fabulous because it does connect the world. I mean, look, you and I are in different cities and we're having this great conversation. So for that end of it, it's fabulous. Yes. But then those are those folks who are, the you know, the generation that that always had social media don't have the institutional memory of what it's like to feel like going in and talking to the guy at the coffee shop when you need a job, right? Exactly. So you have to figure out how you begin to replace that. Where is the compassionate connection on, um, on in these electronic ways of connecting? I mean, is it more comfortable for folks to be in virtual reality than real reality? I think in some ways it is. And that's why uh, I think education has got to begin to address that. I, I was a I taught playwriting for 10 years and, and the great delight of teaching is being in the room with somebody. Um, that's how people learn. They don't learn from reading. They learn from example. Right. Exactly. And um, so, you know, then they put me online and I said, excuse me, excuse me, wait a minute. You think I can teach writing to somebody by not looking at them? <laughs> you know, so it was very challenging. And I did it for oh maybe four or five years and then I said, sorry, no, and I insisted that I go once a month to see the kids in, in person. Um and then after a while that that model was not acceptable. So I think education's gotta take another look at that and recognize again, we are multi sensory human beings and that goes for media as well. So let's not ignore let's not, you know, <laughs> You know, let's not, let's not narrow our scope. Let's let's make sure we get it larger. And I think it's challenging. I don't have an answer. 
but I do think it's challenging. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I also see, like, you brought up something that, that I think about often. Like, I do a lot of online classes and I do stuff like that on my other business outside of mm-hmm. chiropractic. But one of the things yeah. that I find fascinating is I speaking, public speaking live with people in front of me. Massive mm-hmm. transformation, massive changes, like 90 plus percent of the room. I can, you know, because I'm in them, I'm with them, I feel the energy. When I do online stuff, sometimes I'm speaking, there's no audience, I'm just recording things. And right, so exactly. yeah. there's, there's not that like, you know, you're talking about multi-sensory where I'm tapping into my intuitiveness. I'm getting into uh, the feelings that I'm feeling in the room. Where's the energy at? How does it feel? Do they like what I'm talking about? And just sensing and listening uh, or being aware of what that is compared to online. I think that is a huge miss. That's what I was kind of get to because I know um, <clears throat> there's been studies that have done and all the studies that are coming out about social media are all the negative side of things, which I do agree. Brought a lot. Oh, yeah, God, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, I do believe there's a lot of positive too. Nothing is ever one way. Um, right. you know, law of duality will state that, but it's one of those things where, um, how much, you know, how much have we let that run our lives? And you brought up another great point. The, the people who are growing up with social media and never had nothing else. That is, yeah. what I think is a big issue. Cause like for you and I, well, we didn't have social media all our lives. But yeah. listen, this is, here's, the, here's something that's really interesting. I think, um, like for instance, I have a teacher, uh, you know, because I'm old and you need teachers all your life. And um, so my teacher's in California and, and every, every two, three times a year, she does a call, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get on the call and you listen and, blah, 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 and you think, oh, well, I'm sitting in my room in New York City and whatever. And then all of a sudden you feel this energy, like a Reiki energy or her energy that, that she can send out. Right. Yes. And she can embrace yes. me, right? Yep. So what's the tra- what's the training for people like you who are working on social media and, and and interacting with these huge amounts of huge people? Well, okay, so that's why we need to expand our ability to connect with those senses that are not part of the five, right? Yep. The larger sense. So that we can send our energy out in the world and people can feel it. And I think that the model for that is like Reiki energy, you know, where where you can be sitting in California and somebody in Peru can send you Reiki energy and you can be whacked out of your mind I after 20 that. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so so that's an interesting thing. And I think that's a good training for those light workers or those folks who are going to be working on, um, uh, you know, these non-personal uh, platforms. Uh, so that's part of the training. You know, that's got to be part of the training. It's not just learning how to take a pause. It's learning how to really connect. How do you really connect with somebody? So that, I think, is fascinating. And, you know, that spiritual training for <laughs> for online speakers, for webinars, you know. You bring up <laughs> a good other- you bring up a good point. Well, because my background I mean, background is in energy medicine. So I'm a Reiki master and trainer. And so some of the things I do. Oh, wow. So when I speak, okay. I do do that. I'll project energy out so that they, so when people listen to me, they're like, wow, I just felt like I felt the presence. I felt like I can open up my heart a little bit. And I'm like, is that, and in any, anything I do, I always do that. To, how can I put my, my little something into it? Um, right. And, and I was quoted when I first got into this over 10 years ago, people would be like, my, for some of my family members are like, what are you doing? That's like woo woo stuff. What are you talking about? That's so out there. And I'm like, listen. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm in Dallas going to school in Dallas. My family's in Chicago. And I'm like, listen, what I want you to do, first of all, I'm like, I'm going to show you how crazy this is. I'm like, what are you doing in the kitchen cooking right now? They're like, well, that was a good guess. Okay. You're cooking, you're cooking baby broccoli. How do you know this? I'm like, well, I'm just tapping into a field and I start to, things come to me. I don't know what those things are. And I just share it. And if I'm there right, you go. Right, if there I'm you go. Not, um, That's right. But it's, it's interesting to when you start playing with the energy and knowing that we're all connected, um, just like the Internet connects us all in that way. And that's where I think technology – that's why I don't I – don't, it may sound like I was bashing it. I wasn't really bashing it. I was just trying to bring no, up no. Yeah. an issue with it. But I also believe why is, tech, why is social media showing us something that I think we're not aware of enough to show us that that's how we really are. We're all connected. We don't need yeah, the technology. It's, it's, it's- it's fascinating, is it? It's really, you know, one of the things that happens when you start, I'm sure you've, hopefully, you've, I think perhaps you've experienced this, but what happens to me is, um, I'm a pretty intuitive cookie anyway, because, you know, I'm an artist, but um, what happened, has have happened to me as I've really been doing more and more tarot readings and going deeper, is I often get 
you know, as I learn to balance the energy, I often get visitations. It's like, oh, who are you coming in the room? It's like the other day I was reading for a friend of mine and her father showed up over my shoulder who died about a year ago. And I thought, hmm, okay then, hi. <laughs> hi, Joe, how are you? <laughs> and I have to figure out, you know, where it's appropriate to welcome that in and where it isn't. Um, I think, for instance, when you go through things like for, I went through a great uh, loss with the loss of my husband in a terrible way. And that just cracked open my psyche. Right. Mm-hmm. So when that was cracked open, I had to be pretty careful about what was coming in, you know. Yes. And, you know, you can make there are folks who, you know, you can study mediumship and all that other stuff myself it's not for me i'd rather i got enough going on on this side of the divide so that's not my job in this this time around but i mean i do appreciate the folks that can work in that other dimension or in an additional dimension in a way that they can control it it it's a question of learning that. That's all part of, you know, it's like the Harry Potter training, you know, um, you, you, at Hogwarts, they should have a, you know, a, a, a nice class in figuring out how do you deal. We already know about senses one through five, and we know about the sixth sense because of that movie. But let's talk about um, a training in sense, senses seven through 12, okay? Yeah. And I think it starts with chakra training, and it starts with yoga, and it starts with mind-body stuff. and that is the education that I think in the next 20, 30 years is going to be really important is helping people to manage this onslaught of energy. You know, one of the reasons we're all kind of kaflui these days is because there's more energy hitting the planet and our bodies aren't able to handle it, right? We can't digest it except for those folks who are light workers and, you know, we've been working on it for a few years. So those of us who are a little bit further down the plane, okay, we'll help the others, but everybody's got to get on board little children because, (laughs) because it's, it's here, it's happening. Right. So how do we as, as educators and spiritual teachers and, you know, how do we sort of, develop that kind of training that is not all about going to Costa Rica to do yoga. You know, it's got to be larger. It's got to be more at the grocery store. Uh, You know, let's not make it a class thing. Let's, and I, I think the only way you begin that is to model it. I mean, I feel like I'm Moses on the mountaintop. I'm not sure I'm going to get to that place um, where that's all happening on the planet, but I sure do. Um, see it as the way we, we need to go in terms of education and embrace of, uh, of, of our lifetime, you know? No, I, I, I totally agree with you more. And I think, um, and, and I think some of the ways, and, and this is kind of how I do it in my approach is I use, mm-hmm. I use left brain linear, well, not linear, just left brain thinking with right brain yeah. stuff. And, and I try to merge the two as much as I can so that because right. we're, we're so stuck on, Google and this and logical and knowledge and thinking and all this stuff. And we're never tuning in as much. And I try to use here, this is what I'm talking about, but here's something that here's on the left side. Let me show you what this does, how it ties to that, how it can support that. And then it's like, Oh, okay. The mind doesn't shut it off. It kind of goes, all right, wait a minute. They, they, they tied something logical that I can grab onto because that's what they probably been conditioned probably their whole entire life. Right, right, and you're not, and and they're not scared because you're finding, you're you're showing them a bridge. Yeah, you know, you're showing them how to do. It. I think it's great. Yeah, it's it's that that's the idea, you know, and that's kind of what I try to practice with my tarot practice, and you know, I think all my work is spiritual anyway. But yeah, I mean, that's what I try to do. It's like, hey, come on along. It's not so terrible, <laughs> you know. Here, look, look, see, it's it's red. It's okay. It's the same red. You know that red. You know, it's not. You don't have to be afraid of it. You know, and um. That's the ongoing creativity, certainly at this point in my life for me. I just think it's fascinating. How do how do I model this? This is my question. What is, okay, I mean, I don't spend too much time in the question, but I certainly, in the figuring out of it, is how do we best model this, you know, just by living our lives? And I think spirit's got a lot to do with it, you know? Yeah. Spirit's in charge, and uh, <laughs> you know I would like it to go a little bit faster sometimes, <laughs> but I'm not. 
I'm not, re- you know, if I'm not ready, I'm not ready. You know, so it's all that. You got to get humble and big. And oh gosh, it's so exciting to be alive, isn't it? It is. That's why when people get into these, they, uh, my, one of the things I ask in my pra- my chiropractic office, I mean, my patients know this to the T. Every time they see me, tell me something good today. Mm-hmm. Tell me what's good today. Yeah. And I yeah. always get mine. I always get blown away when they say, uh, "There's nothing good today." And I'm like, there's nothing good, nothing at all. Like, I go, you know, there's someone in a hospital who will really argue with you right now about that. And sometimes I'll say that, sometimes I won't, but it depends on, I'll feel where they're at. Sometimes they're just, you know, if someone's just like really having a bad, like in a rut and having a bad day, I'm just yeah. going to cozy along. I'm not even going to bother going into it. But it's, it's <laughs> I, but I think you brought up some good points because there's like, the th- I think the question too is like, how do you teach something that is so... Right. Words cannot explain because the language right. is so limited. And you, you mm-hmm. brought up another point, which is modeling, which is kind of returning back yeah. to, uh, in my, in the way I see things like children, how we model for the model. So you have to be sure. modeling this one way. But it, it really, I think, is a challenge to figure out how to, um, pre, you know, present something so you know from an esoteric spiritual side, and then say, okay, that high vibration, we can use it in images, we can use it in pictures, symbols, right? Those are high vibrations that can explain things beyond a, a left brain logical thinking. Um, that's, right. why love, that's why I love tarot because tarot is so great for that. Um, exactly, exactly. And so, but I think that's a challenge in, in a sense, and um, and I think one of the things you're doing with tarot is helping kind of creating that bridge for people. I think you do. You know, the, the other thing that I'm fascinated by is, you know, I was in the television film industry and theater for years, you know, celebrity, right? The celebrity, a lot of people are modeling themselves on celebrity. Oh, but the yes. problem, the problem is now some celebrities, quote unquote, are very uh, involved in their own, um, in their own ego, you know, thing. But other guy, other, you know, they're kind of figuring, gee, maybe I should use this in a different way <laughs> like maybe i should like i find lady gaga to be incredibly inspirational um yeah. not only for her talent but the way in which she's quiet when you can you just look at her face sometimes and um that girl that girl knows what's going on you know yeah. so you know you gotta hope that some of those folks who move into celebrity recognize and i think they're trying to you know they're trying to recognize where the leadership is you know uh, it's it's very tricky. It's very tricky. Um, very tricky. But do you feel? And, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going down a conspiracy side. But do you feel that like <laughs> these people who, uh, especially in film, I mean TV, it's very. Um, I don't even know what the right word to use. Um, do you feel like some of these people, like Lady Gaga, you don't even hear about her much? At least I don't. And I don't watch the news or anything like that. I don't follow news. But um, but it's one of those things where I'm like, you know, before you heard her, I would hear about Lady Gaga all the time. Now, all of a sudden, uh, she made this massive change in her life. She had this huge transformation. She talks, she speaks out more now. And you don't hear about her. Well, I mean, I, I think that's partly to do whether or not she, she's hired a PR person or not. You know, I gotcha. I, I think um, I, I don't get into the conspiracy aspect of things. Listen, nobody, <laughs> it's not going to be easy. <laughs> it's, we're, we, you know, we've been working on a male paradigm for a long time. And power is power and money is money and, you know, all that. That's exactly. what runs this society. So come on, let's cop to it. Yeah. Do the best we can. I mean, from my point of view, I'm a little tiny little cog, you know, in, in this world. <laughs> you know, and so, so, you know, if I can affect five to seven people, you know, great. That's terrific. Yeah. If, if even I, if I could, like, know, teach my daughter that you can love in the world and trust the world, you know, that's what I'm doing. Um, you, you, you know, it, it, I, I don't have an answer. I, you know, part of it is really faith. You have to believe that you're here for some reason. And then you have to believe that that not only are you here for some reason, but you're part of something larger. And get humble and start listening. Because you've got to believe that the world is a good place, right? That the universe is a good place. There's demons, there's devils, there's all that other Satan stuff going on, I suppose. But, you know, if you don't empower it, then it doesn't exist in your reality. You know, so it it goes down to all that stuff, Uh, you know, live as you would hope to live and golden rule and all that other stuff. I mean, 
we have to cope and we have to be real about what's going on. The, the thing is, we got to figure out what is really real and truly true. And that's the job, you know, is finding that. ourselves, you know, that's the job. What is really real and truly true? And uh, it changes perhaps. And I don't know, love, love and compassion are in there somewhere. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and recognizing we have more than five senses, you know, and okay. And if somebody's on the journey, I'd say, okay, first thing, let's see, go to a yoga class. Oh, I can't move. Go to a yoga class. And then talk to the teacher about moving only from one chakra and then from two chakras and then from three. And then from there, you begin to get a sense that your body is part of something larger <laughs> than yourself. And then that's where it starts. And then all of a sudden, if your body is something larger than yourself, then your arthritis isn't only yours, you know, <laughs> you, can, you can drop it. And then from there, you get to, you get to move to the next thing. I had a knee replacement this year. Oh my God, what an amazing opportunity to understand that my body was not totally mine. And am I happy that medical science lives because my body now is fabulous i get to walk i hadn't been able to walk in seven years so i have great respect for the the way in which this salad bowl of reality is, is moving ahead but i do know that those of us who have some little inkling into larger uh, ways of mm, accepting input uh we have to share that and um, i'm not really sure how to do it you just do the best you can um everybody's got different gifts uh, for me, you know, I know it's through my writing and my acting and my teaching and my tarot, and so that's my that's my job. I got that's my little assignment, um, and I'd love to work with more and more people. So, you know, everybody can spread the word. <laughs> I sound like an evangelist, but you know, I, <laughs> I remember I remember when I was a kid watching those TV evangelists on TV, and the guy would put his hand on the kid's head and they'd say, "Heal, heal." And, you know, I mean, a lot of that was nonsense, but there was something about that, that, that great idea of faith. Um, maybe they were fools or maybe not, but maybe it worked. I love maybe it. Maybe it didn't. And, I don't and, know. And you kind of answer the question I was going to ask next, but I think uh, I'll just ask it anyhow, just to make sure if there's anything else. What are, mm -hmm. what are things that you would recommend that people can do to kind of help themselves, um, you know, shift, shift perspective, shift uh, create the shift, get from the, get out of the five senses. And maybe you can start with what are, what are other senses besides our five and then how to make that shift. Oh boy. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. I can do that in 20 seconds. Uh, okay. Couple, couple things. Um, I have this theory um, that there are various levels of reality, right? And, you know, there's the, level of manifestation and then there's a level of there's a level of ideas and there's a level of um manifestation and then once it's manifested how the idea is manifested you put it in the world and you let the universe bombard it and become part of it and then it goes to a larger manifestation okay so that's focus focus and i think it's got to be <laughs> more explained than that however that's kind of my my basic uh the way in which I look at the world. I look at it from a chakra-based mind-body place. How can people move ahead? Okay, shut up and listen. That's the first thing. Shut up and listen. Um, take a walk and really take a look. Take a walk, take a look. Uh, spend more time um, with your five senses. Get to know them. And then from there, See if you can't, you know, if, if it's, you know, if it's eyes and nose and ears and mouth, right, and the touch, what's the opposite? You know, if you spend time looking, spend time with your eyes closed. If you spend time smelling, spend time not smelling, you know what I mean? Try to pretend that there is nothing rich in the universe you know try to play with opposites in your life and the, the big issue you know i mean if you really want stuff that you really want to figure stuff out go to a yoga class go to a meditation class start to write start to paint do something nonverbal. that's the first step 
I like that. So kind of getting nonverbal, getting out to listening. When you say listen, is that listen to self? Just listen in general to others at the same token. Just be mindful. Um, what what, what label would you? Okay, cool. There's something called intentional silence, um, which I really think is a good practice. You sit out in a chair, just five minutes, put on the timer, you know, make it a minute on your, on your iPhone. It won't be so horrible. Put on the timer for a couple minutes, sit down in a chair, know that it's going to go on forever. Choose one word. Okay. And that word, let's say would be empty. Okay. And that word is the, the word that's going to remind you when you start thinking. So you sit there and you try to empty your mind. And of course, your monkey brain, you'll be thinking of everything. And every time you have a thought, you just say the word empty and you allow your brain to empty. You just keep saying it. And eventually, all of a sudden, you're going to get into a place of intentional listening. And when that happens, that's when the universe can speak to you. So that's one practice. The other way you can do it is just be an artist. (laughs) Train in any way. That also will give you a connection to the universe. I love that. that. I like it. That works. And I'm all big about being, I think people need to become more like find their artistic tune of what they enjoy and, and, and find what resonates for them. Cause I think that's a, a, a huge way to balance things out. And just remember it's process. It's not product. Yeah. You know, we're all, it's all about process. It's not about product. You know, you're, you're not, who knows you're going to get famous. That may not be your path, but if yeah. you do the work, your life will be enhanced. And I love love that coming up because my my old thinking was is I'm going to do this this and this I'm going to be I'm going to be exposed to the world and, and and be able to be you know this and that and then and they're going to uh, recognize me and see that I'm a, a star <laughs> exactly and then the universe yeah. kept smacking me around and putting me to my knees and all this other stuff and then eventually I was like okay and then I got to a certain point I'm like. Yeah, but that that's not fulfilling. Like, you know what? I'm going to I need to shift gears and I just want to do this because of this and that's it and I don't care about nothing else. And it's amazing how and when you what you said that it just brought me back that memory of how fulfilling life has been now and how more fulfilled I am just because of I'm doing what I do and I just because I love doing what I do and I don't care about anything Wait. else. You have to, you know, and if the fame comes and if the recognition comes, great. That's fun. That's gravy. And it's fun to put on the dresses. You, not for you or perhaps, I don't know. You can dress if you like. But I mean, you get to get dressed up and go to those fancy parties. I mean, you know, I was in the entertainment business, so I know about that stuff. But, you know, it, it's really, that's, you're not in charge of that. All you're in charge of is doing your work. And whether you get recognized or not in that way, you're not in charge of that. You know, you can get another marketing guy, another PR guy. You're not in charge of that, you know. Um, So I don't know. Uh, uh, It it is about figuring out what you have to offer and offer it. And um, uh, stillness, quiet, all that other stuff. And and laughing a great deal is very important. (laughs) So much. So much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you practice? Do you have a special like or a specific meditation practice? Is there something that you uh, choose that you enjoy more uh, over one or the other, or anything along those lines? I think it changes, you know, with your life uh, as your life changes. So do your meditation practices. Um, you know, I do meditate sometimes, and but you know, I won't say that I do it every day like the greatest, you know, guru in the world. In the world, I write a lot. Um, I share uh, time with friends. That to me is extremely meditative. I also do a lot of fiber art and crocheting and I can sit for hours <laughs> making things that no one wants to see. But, <laughs> but somehow that allows me to really still myself to connect. Um, I think you have to find that. I think people change. Uh, I, have, I am a yoga teacher. I'm a Pilates teacher. Uh, I'm a Reiki person. Um, so, you know, meditation, finding the practice that works for you, uh, uh, just begin. Who knows? Yeah. If it doesn't work, do something else. The world is full of many possibilities. Um, uh, I wish I could, you know, I could say, well, study with me and you'll find illumination. That'd be good. But, uh, you know, maybe you will, maybe you won't. Um, so, you know, we are in charge of our own lives. 
And that's, that's one thing I appreciate about you is that you don't say what to think. You're just saying how here's this. You can do this. You can do that. You can try this, but you have to find what works for you, you know? And, that's right. Because we're all, you know, we came in with our own jobs. You know, my job is not yours. And, um, you have to, we have to step up and take responsibility. You know, we oh. got to take responsibility for being light people, you know, let the light in baby. <laughs> I love it. What, one question, one question, this might be a little question. Why do you think sometimes some people, and I, and I think I, and I know the simplistic answer and I, and I know you said it already and I just want to revisit it. Real quick. <laughs> um, why is it that some people who do become celebrities and some don't? I don't think we're in charge of that. That's what I thought. I, yeah. I think it, we're just not in charge. I mean, that has everything to do with, what the conscience of the king is at a particular time. I mean, I was, I had a screen test, right? When I was a young actress, I was brought in for a television show that ended up being very popular called um, Love Bumped, right? Mm-hmm. Well, at the time, I was in a Broadway, an off-Broadway show, and I was kind of a hipster, dipster New York actress. And um, I, I'm dark-haired, and I was uh, not a bad-looking kid, but... Um, very exotic looking, especially for the seventies. Oh my God. <laughs> and, um, you know, now my look at that time, you know, if, if I looked like I look now and, and I was 20 years old, I would probably have gotten a lot farther in my career. I was too exotic at the time. Right. But I came into the planet at a different time. So you think I'm in charge of that? I'm not in charge of that. It's disappointing you know, I could say, oh, let me get my teeth fixed and get my hair dyed. But I mean, give me a break. That's not going to work. <laughs> <Dried>. <laughs> Believe me, it's all bullshit. It's not going to try. It's not going to work. So I, I just have to believe that there's certain things that um, you're not in charge of. And I have lots of famous friends and I have been parts of, part of a lot of famous fancy things. But my friends are the ones who've gotten the Oscars and the Emmys, not me. So does that mean that I don't have as much talent or ability? No, I don't think so. I think that, that my my path is different. I and um, I think at certain times of your life, that becomes more of an issue. You know, I'm already n- not a kid. And, you know, when you're 40, when you're 30 and 40, it become, it's more important because you think, oh, God, what am I going to do with my life? And then you realize <laughs> you're not in charge. So <laughs> you may as well just let that one go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and there's a lot to, a lot of acceptance to that. I mean, you just have to learn to accept one yeah. thing that a lot of people don't. Uh, some people say the word sur- surrender. Uh, I say the word acceptance, just accepting what is and just you know, continue. What you can focus on doing every single day is all that matters. I think it's compassion. You know, it's compassion for yourself. Yeah. And um, just saying, oh, geez, I'm doing, I mean, geez, uh, you know, and recognize, and really, again, not to be, you know, spouting the, spouting the party line, but I do think you can get connected to something larger than yourself. And all of a sudden you realize, oh, well, geez, that other bullshit is not worth it. Oh, sorry. I don't know if I can say that. You can. It's all about being Uh, real. So you're good. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, you know, that's it. Um, And then you spread it around, you know, you just spread it around. And I know that when I teach uh, people are moved and I say, well, okay, that's good. I did something good today. So I don't have an Oscar. That's okay. You know, I got my own Oscar. That, and that's the, so, that's the um, yeah. Uh, I love how you bring that up too because it's it's really you know the accolades are great, but it's it's it, I always like I was I had someone I interviewed and we were we were really getting into this and I was like everyone has a powerful story. Everyone's here for a reason. Everyone mm-hmm. uh, there's no one that's the same. Not only as a human being, but and I know you get this already. But even like at a spiritual level, there's no soul that are two of the same. And so you 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 me and every other human being on this planet is is all uh, blessing the earth with our presence as as just being here more than anything else yeah and you know listen it's not always so easy to accept that i mean you have time for a quick story i'll tell you a quick story is i was in a off-broadway show with a very famous person uh, who ended up being very famous after the show and um had she had gone on to hollywood to uh, uh and was uh was in this film we had had the exact same career and i had come off to hollywood and then i i was i got married and i had a kid and the Oscars 
two months after my child was born, I was sitting watching the Oscars with my newborn baby in my arms. And there was this person who had been my nemesis in this, in this show that we had done for got, both gotten famous for uh, in New York City. And there she was getting an Oscar. And I thought, what the heck? What is going on here? <laughs> She's getting an Oscar? And then I looked down and I said, well, I got a baby. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so it, and it was hard. It wasn't easy. It wasn't, oh, well, my beautiful child will take care of me. And it, that's nonsense. I mean, I was devastated that she got the damn Oscar and I didn't. But it wasn't my path. Yeah. You know, and I've had a pretty good, darn good life. So uh, those are all the lessons. They're not easy. I love it. But they're it. fun. <laughs> they always are right in some way shape or form <laughs> they gotta be they gotta be gotta have a sense of humor it's like really you're gonna do this to me god give me a break you know you have to have a sense of humor you do and i, I wanted to ask really quick about you know you have mm-hmm. a book on the dreaming by daylight the novel um mm-hmm that I wanted to just touch base on it a little bit and what you know what anytime anyone writes a book I always love to ask this question about when you were writing it was there's what there's who were you writing it for was there a purpose was it like you felt like I want to get this out there these are the people I want to affect or was it just um uh or is it just you just you had a call you had a feeling and said I'm just gonna accept this this is what I, I need to do and that's it well, I remember I'm an artist, uh, so my life is all about expression, right? Yes. Um, my first book, first book I wrote was on solo performance because I was a solo artist for many years, for eight years. It's mm-hmm. called um, Your Name Here: An Actor Writer's Guide to Solo Performance. Um, that one I wrote because I was one of the first people to do solo performance again in New York City in the '70s. That's still on Amazon. And the second one I wrote um, was. Uh, this novel, Dreaming in Daylight, which um, was a coming-of-age story where I realized that my, I'd been a playwright for years, I realized that my own story was best told in a different kind of language than than uh, dialogue, right, than plays. And so I, that, I just, I wrote it to sort of um, check in and see if I could expand consciousness once again expand my horizons and that's why i wrote this uh, dreamy and daylight and then from there the next book that i wrote was uh when they go and you do not which is a blog a non-fiction blog um uh, tracing the um very tragic death of my husband how he got diagnosed with mesothelioma on december 26th and was dead by the ides of march march 15th um and that also is on uh Amazon. And then the last book that I've written, which I'm looking, you know, putting in the world right now is something called Sleeping with Ghosts. And that one I've written because I recognize that we are not alone here. (laughs) (laughs) That the people that have gone, passed over before us are still with us. And the ones that we were able to give birth to and the ones we weren't able to give birth to, all those consciousnesses are part of our experience. And that's what Sleeping with Ghosts is about. And that one's uh, hopefully going to come out this next year. Um, but all of them are available on Amazon.com and, um, uh, or through my website at SusanMerson.com. Well, I can't wait to check out the, some of these books, especially the Sleeping with Ghosts one. I know it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I hope so. Okay, I'm looking for, I'm looking for, for a publisher. So, um, you know, you know anybody, let me know. Yes, ma'am, of course. A, there's excerpts around and um, uh, it, it, I've really had fun reading that one. That's just been great. So I look forward to putting that in the world. I think it's a good, just good to, you know, like, because it gives people that, that, that sense of uh, if, if somebody passed, but they're still around. So wait, they're not gone. They're here. They're still. Oh, you're not so. kidding. <laughs> you're not kidding. Sometimes you got to tell them to shut up and sit down. <laughs> oh yeah. I could tell you stories, but I'll, I'll leave them minimize. <laughs> right. That's the next show. I know. That's the next show. Have. Yeah. We could definitely. Right, 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 right. There. So how could people find, get a hold of you, get your, you know, connect with you? I know you shared your website, um, you know, if I mind repeating that again, and then other things that people can connect with you if they want to know more about you. Well, I'm on face. I'm on Facebook as Susan Merson. Uh, my website is www.susanmerson.com. 
com, And you can connect with me through that and see um, everything that's cooking. We're in a bit of a re uh, we're reconstructing some stuff uh, and I can work with you. Um, I can work with you as a personal coach. I can work with you through tarot. I can help you write a book, um, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, and I'd love to sort of open the world, you know, all of us are, are on the same path and I just happen to be a little older and I've learned a few things. So I'm here to offer it to anybody who's interested. And I look forward to con- connecting with your community. It should be great. I love it. And you have such a great energy about you too. So it's, it's really great to uh, have you on and, 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 and get to feel your energy and, and, and all that you're doing and, and, and bring it all to the table and, and, and at this stage of the game. So uh, I appreciate you for all that all the work you're doing. Thank you. Likewise, I'm sure it's been really fun. And so, um, well, thank you for being on, uh, and, uh, just greatly appreciate having you on. This was, this was a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of different segues and I appreciated it. I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. Oh yeah, me too. Me too. I look forward to to, to meeting you someday. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Same here. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is Dr. Vic 21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.